it's been uh, helpful to me to uh, consider the, um, I think what is called, what I understood to be uh, the three, oh no, another list. <laughs> At some point they all like merge into one another. You know? The 108 things you've learned this week. Um, but what I understood to be the three levels of protection. And I'm thinking of this because, um, you know, as, as you, uh, you might be aware of, maybe not, it might come as a shock to you, but the retreat ends <laughs> tomorrow. In, in case you got lost, you know, in the outside of time or conventional reality. Um, and uh, yeah, and this this um, teaching or way to consider things about the three levels of protection, um, I find useful. So, like any other uh, teaching, it's it's good to um, like take it in and check, you know, if you recognize anything in there, or if there's something that is. Uh, you know, new and could be of value or it could be a frame of reference that you could use later. Uh, some of the thing, these things we, re- we remember and some of these, some, many we don't, you know, but some, they might find their way in and, you know, kind of erupt at the right time or emerge, re-emerge at the right time. And also... Sometimes it's over years, you know, you hear this, you oh, I hear it now. Like, I've heard it before, but somehow it lands, you know, in a particular way. I, I, I'm, I would be even curious to know if it's, um, if it's a little bit like this for you this week, mindfulness. Like, oh yeah, I, I understand a little bit more what it is, or <laughs> less. <laughs> I don't know. But I know for me it's been 25 years of like, oh... Now I get it. You know, it's this constant uh, opening. And in the, uh, in the Buddhist uh, teaching, it, it, it uh, talks about uh, stages of opening um, and, and the final grand opening. But uh, I was talking to... Uh, uh, Somebody from another tradition, a teacher of one of my teachers, very, very revered. And he seemed to be saying, oh no, that's not how it works. It just keeps opening. That's the nature of, uh, the dynamic nature of the world. Like, it keeps opening, it keeps opening, it keeps opening. There's, there's no end to, to, uh, to that. I, I thought it was a, I like that. <laughs> While I'm in the chapel, so... <laughs> If I was in a Buddhist temple, they might kick me out, but I'm safe saying this here. Um, Yeah. I've heard also somebody, uh, uh, a teacher, uh, questioning the, the final grand... Uh, awakening. I, I like that people there do that, you know. Especially this person. Uh, I think they were a she. 
And they were saying, like, I don't know. To me, there's something suspicious about, like, the big enlightenment under a Bodhi tree. You know, like, it's, it seems like a male orgasm to me. <laughs> it makes it suspicious, you know. 2,500 years of patriarcha will end up with that kind of <laughs> climax. <laughs> Maybe it's different. Maybe it keeps opening. I don't know. I, I like that uh, to be uh, that we can be irreverent a little bit and question things, and uh, you know, and then find out, you know, for ourselves, which is the what really matters. My heart is beating. Um, so back to the three uh, levels of protection. So the way I see it is um, I recognize for myself that there's confusion in here. You know, all kinds of things happen. Greed, clinging, opinions, and, uh, you know, uh, Sankara's uh, conditionings, you know, things learned from society or family or wrong conclusion about stuff. You know, so, so there's... It's a little messy in there. I don't know if you feel like this. Maybe we could call this the first insight, you know, that we've had maybe this week. Like, oh, well, it's good to keep an eye on this because it can go in any direction (laughs) at any moment. You know, it's, uh, you know, yeah. So uh, kind of recognizing this, oh, you know, it's, there's all kinds of things happening in there some that are known and some that are unconscious, you know, and they drive behavior and uh, speech or decision-making. And, and so one layer of protection is kind of a almost outer layer of protection is what we call in Pali Sila. It's uh, non-harming or ethical behavior. It's kind of guidelines that we give ourselves. We say... I recognize that there can be all kinds of things happening in there, hatred, greed, delusion, you know. So I'm going to set a little boundary around so it doesn't leak out on others, you know. Again, recognizing that it's not all clean in there, you know. It's not all... uh, Yeah. And so I'm going to put some boundaries here. The protection is to protect others and self, from the repercussion of, you know, the, you know, what could come after the agitation and the shame and the need to justify and, the, you know, the, the, the hurt and the, all this. So we, we set uh, boundaries. In Buddhism, they're known as the, you know, the kind of shortcut very useful guidelines are the five uh, precepts. And so this um, vow, or this training, maybe understanding that we're going to cross the line, it, we might a few times, you know, uh, here and there, but that still there's a commitment, and also it's a, it, in a way it's a, a way to practice mindfulness. Mindful of what? Mindful of the boundaries. Mindful of the guidelines I give myself, you know, that's why I want to be aware to, to see 
the little flag can come up, whoops, Pascal, careful. In that state, all kinds of things could be said, or, you know. Um, and so, you know, the, the, this um, commitment or training or vow or engagement, commitment, I think, is the word in English here, to not hurt another living being uh, intentionally, consciously. Uh, yeah, imagine a world where all human beings would adhere to this, do their best to, to um, you know, uh, honor this or protect this or... And so just that idea for me is uh, an incentive to try to, uh, you know, participate, contribute in the best way that I can around that. So not uh, hurting other beings, not taking, not taking what has not been offered. And with these, you know, there's... Um, a lifetime of exploration because there's so many refinement or areas where we can bring these reflections. So, yes, not stealing, but I don't know if you think like me, but right away when I hear this, not taking what is not given, to me I really think of the planet, the climate crisis, I, I don't know how to call it anymore, consumption and it becomes really clear again to me that wow it needs a lot of attention it needs really great care it needs to consider to feel into things you know to uh, mindfulness sati not to hurt with uh, our sexuality another of these uh, precepts and there's, there's lots around this and in there for me there's a recognition that um, you know sexual energy is kind of a nuclear energy you know it's really it can create a lot of harm and it can create life you know, it can be a mode of expression of generosity and kindness and a mode of communication. And it can be also a mode of transportation for cruelty or greed to get something. You know, there's, there's a lot um, around it. And so that's a, that's a very rich field that uh, you are asexual or practicing, if I can call it like this. Uh, yeah, engaging consciously in uh, the relationship we have with uh, sexuality and uh, more widely maybe with... Uh, 
sense pleasure. Yeah, it's so wide, sexuality. It's birth, parenting, death. You know, if I think HIV positive, AIDS. You know. So matters of sexuality are related to a lot of uh, our lives. And then speech, another nuclear force. Uh, so these are areas of practice I'm naming here. Uh, consumer, mindfulness, uh, mindfulness around uh, sexuality, and mindfulness, what a field. Mindfulness around speech. How we listen, what we hear. what we uh, contribute to the conversation, we could say. I don't know where it comes from. Is it the Buddha or later? But somebody uh, at some point said, uh, we have in our mouth an axe. With an axe, you can build a refuge. With an axe you can destroy. And I remember when I heard this, it really drove the point home, if we could say it like this. Wow, this is a powerful thing, speech. And all its expressions, you know. Like this, and like that. And so bringing mindfulness in that area... Um, I think we're going to make a lot of discoveries. Because speech reveals, it reveals our intention. If it doesn't reveal it to us, it will reveal it to others. It reveals our mind states. Uh, It reveals our views and beliefs. It's like when when we speak, when I speak, everything is put out there. You know, it's kind of revealing what's going on inside. I remember when I started practice, maybe for a good first ten years, I thought this was I was I thought it was too hard to bring practice in that area with that personality maybe. Like I would always wake up after a speech. You know, oh what was I driven by? You know, and with practice, with practice of um, embodiment, uh, you know being aware with breathing, walking, bringing mindfulness in daily life, uh, regular, uh, you know, formal practice. I think with all these tools, it started kind of, uh, the practice started finding its way in the areas where it seemed almost not possible. Or, uh, and that's actually a, a way we can uh, recognize the development of our practice. 
if it starts to go in the other areas, you know, first we might think that meditation is just sitting on a cushion. And then our mind opens. Oh, I could do it on a chair also. <laughs> oh, I could do it walking. Oh, I could do it in daily activities when I'm alone. Oh, yeah, I'm starting a laundry. You know, why not be there? You know, instead of doing something so it's done, why not do it to develop presence? Oh, let me do this in presence. So, you know, I, I kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> Get the laundry done and my practice. And it starts going like this. It's a particular kind of intelligence that they talk about in the, in the teaching. The, it's a particular, particular kind of... Um, of uh, uh, um, disc- discrimination or um, well the, the heat let's blame the heat uh, a particular kind of wisdom the capacity to recognize I love the phrase itself I love the phrase the capacity uh, to recognize opportunities for practice ah, I could bring all my tools here you know in this situation at work Oh, in this tricky relationship. Oh, here, I'm about to do this phone call that I don't want to make, you know, but have to. Instead of like, let's get it done with, you know, like, wow, let's bring my best tools here, my best quality, courage and honesty, integrity, respect, consideration, uh, compassion, whatever else I have uh, accessible, you know. And so in speech, you know, uh, we, can, we can really engage with, with this. And it's messy. That, that would be my take on it. That's where, for me, a lot is revealed. Um, and I'm amazed that improvement is possible, especially with um, this kind of personality. You know, like, I, really, I didn't think... Uh, I remember at the end of the retreats, for many years, at the end of the retreats, not today, today I was fine, but tomorrow I would cry and cry and cry. I would be usually in the parking lot crying. And my only thought was, do not release me yet. <laughs> do not release me, I'm going to make such a mess. You know, I'm, 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 you know, the sarcasm, I've trained this for years in the milieu where I was. <laughs> it was uh, valued a lot, you know, and it just pours out, you know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, and then at some point I was like, okay, let's go there, it's painful, it's hot, you know, but let's go there, and I remember one time uh, we were ending a retreat and there was a circle, and everybody was, uh, you know, invited to say a little something, then I said something, you're going to, you, I'm, I should, I'm not going to say the content. I hardly remember. I just remember it was off. No surprise with that personality, at least at that time, you know. And I, I remember I got like so hot, like right after I spoke, like I got like so hot, like I was burning, literally. And I remember there was a change at that time, you know. Instead of wanting to disappear, and there was just like, yeah, 
It's going to happen ag again a few times, you know. Let's really be here. Let's really be here on this. Be here. Feel the heat. Be there for the whole thing. You know, you went for the kind of gr instant gratification. <laughs> now, now feel the rest. Feel the whole thing, you know. And I felt a kind of a commitment. I didn't decide exactly. It seemed like the practice had found its way, you know, there. <laughs> Not completely. <laughs> but there was something that was like, okay, let's, that's it, you know. Uh, that's, let's practice with this, you know. And now you made a mess. Own it, you know. And um, I didn't do too bad this week, no? I think I, considering that I had uh, access to the microphone easily, <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, anyway, it's my own evaluation of the thing, but I've seen over the years, it's like, wow, you, it's possible to, you know, if, it, if it's possible to do some progress here, you can be assured that it's possible to do progress. So speech... And you know, many of you know what are kind of the guidelines or the consideration, you know. Is that true? Is that uh, harsh or not? True or false, harsh or not? Helpful or uh, empty? Idle? Idle? Something like this, no, in English? Is it divisive or healing? And sometimes we can add timely. Is it the right time? Is it the right time? And it's for us to do our exploration. Because you, know? you could say, oh, empty chatter, asking about the weather or talking about the weather. But sometimes, no, it's actually creating, creating relationship, you know. It's a way to say, I care, I see you, we're together. So it's, uh, it's really interesting to watch like what, uh, how lang languages use or speech. I know I do a lot of humor. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, you know, I keep uh, trying to be attentive to that. Like, when, when is it? Oops. But I find that there's a really great uh, use to it. It's, uh, in terms of uh, even spiritual practice, I find it extremely helpful. As a teacher, you know, where it seems like I'm imposing everybody a lot, lots of very constraining rules, <laughs> you know, not talking, not moving, <laughs> you know. It can, be, it, can, it can be very aggravating, to say the least, you know. But sometimes when we're caught in... At least something said, and the mind opens up for a second, you know. It's easier to go back to, maybe. Anyway, I'm really interested in, uh, in uh, the place of playfulness uh, in spirituality. I certainly have good role models. The Dalai Lama, for example, seems to be playful. Others, some others too. With speech, also, there's something uh, maybe of interest uh, worth uh, really paying attention to is uh, 
intention and impact. And so sometimes our intention is a good intention, and, but the impact of our words is different. And, uh, and some of the conversations happening now, I think uh, a lot around racism, for example, that's something that becomes really important you know, oh, I want to be a good person, and I dis, you know, I didn't want to hurt, and the person, yeah, but when you say this, this is hurtful. You know, it's good to stop and listen, take it in, you know. Oh yeah, okay, I know for myself my intention was good, but the impact, the impact. And the last precept is around the taking of uh, intoxicants that lead to carelessness. You, it, you really have to take the whole phrase. You know, uh, restraining or uh, practicing renunciation around uh, intoxicants that lead to carelessness. And this is, uh, in a way, put there to um, kind of protect the other precept right before. You know? Because if I take intoxicants, suddenly, you know, sexuality, speech, uh, taking what is not mine, you know, all this becomes really blurry, you know. So, being really careful about this. And I think in these days and age, we've talked about this at the beginning of the retreat, um, you know, media, not, I'm not saying all media, you know, but uh, there's an easy access to all kinds of information and it can be really toxic. So it, we have to use this uh, access to information carefully, uh, carefully, sparingly, 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 sparingly. Sparingly, with uh, with great care, uh, knowing you know when it's whoops too much, when it's intoxicating, you know, and what it could lead to. So that's the first line of defense: the ethical uh, precepts, or the non-harming, or the setting boundaries for oneself. And then the second line of uh, defense is inner. And uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's really interesting to, to consider because it's not very present in uh, valued in dominant society. Uh, actually, it's not valued at all, I think. Well, see for your, what you think. Uh, concentration, collectedness of mind the mind that is uh, gathered and, uh, yeah, quiet. When there is a, the mind is collected, it becomes a kind of protection. And I like uh, my teacher Joseph when he talks about it. Uh, you know when we come to retreat, 
Um, we, uh, we say we put high value on mindfulness, on presence, quality, high quality presence. Or, so we put it there as a value. And after a breath, a breath and a half, it falls. Have you noticed? <laughs> Not now, but then. <laughs> and, you know, and so we say, oh, yeah, mindfulness of uh, stepping, of breathing. And then, oh, next week. Or, oh, in the past. And, we keep, and then we have to uh, exert s- some effort, the right amount, you know, to remember. Sati remembers itself, you know, connecting with something of the present thing. And it you know, and, and we keep doing it. We don't give up, you know, although we consider giving up. We don't, you know, we, those who are still here, <laughs> I'm joking. You know, we, uh, so we do like this. And at some point, there might be a reversal of the ball, ball. And mindfulness, for a few moments, or several moments, a few hours, uh, becomes kind of a lifestyle or the default setting. And I had to exert some energy. And at some point, suddenly there's like three or four steps or a couple of bites or a few minutes in the chair outside or inside where there's just presence, a presence with something of nature. And then, in that moment, I, I don't have to exert any effort. Do you recognize this? Suddenly, it's established. Maybe not for long, or maybe for much longer. It's established. And we're protected. I like the bowl because it shows the protection. And think some things cannot come in during that time. And what cannot come in is uh, greed, uh, uh, hatred or aversion, doubt. Suddenly there's not... Um, it's very natural. I'm, I'm putting concepts around this, but it's an experience that you can recognize. Suddenly for, for this period of time, there's not, am I doing it right? This question that doesn't arise in that kind of field. or uh, There's no, uh, I don't have enough energy for this. There's no question of energy. There's just the right amount of energy to be there with bees or birds or warm wind or even pain in the knee. There's just a bit, no question of uh, too low or too high energy agitation, no doubt, no wanting something else, no not wanting this, just here. It's like this right now. And for that long, it's momentary. For that long, the conditions were put together for, um, for this second level of protection. The mind, quiet, staying. And then there's not like, me later and people are always against me. There's none of this. There's just this step, this breath, this light. But whatever it is that we're in relationship with, I find this remarkable. I remember with uh, one uh, Burmese teacher, I would kind of describe this, you know, uh, and he would say, uh, what would he say? He would say uh, something like, you like, huh? 
you like? Huh? You want more? You want more? <laughs> it's like, it sounds almost like a drug dealer. You know? <laughs> and then he would say, okay, now do this. You know? And, uh, and, um, and I remember another time, there was a time like, probably the most difficult time of, one of the most difficult time of my life, if not the most difficult. I was going through, um, through a, a breakup and uh, I've had a few and it's hard for me it's, I don't know, maybe the, the well, who knows <laughs> hopefully there's never going to be another one but um, but in that breakup it was, I'm, I was very, very miserable it was, there was a lot of suffering a lot of suffering but um, sometimes I could sit or chant and the mind would collect and then for like 20 minutes, 45 minutes all this would vanish and there was just presence to the chant or the, the being here you know? and it was such a relief you know and then I would stand up, start moving around, and then uh, the f- physical. Huh? I, I don't know if you've experienced it like me, but very, very physical, like physically uh, uh, ripping, really. And but it would give me a little bit of a respite, you know, and also kind of a different view. Oh, it's a, it seems extremely permanent and solid, and and yet. Given the right condition, it vanishes for a few moments, at least a few moments. Anyway, just trying to highlight a little bit the power of the collected mind. But when we were um, practicing with uh, Upandita, Sayada Upandita, I remember he would um, teach about this and he would have us repeat. Um, uh, uh, I think the word he had us repeat when he was uh, teaching about this was uh, momentary. Like that's not the finality. It's not. It's just a level of protection, and it's conditional. We need to gather the mind, and when suddenly the mind changes a little bit, whoops! What will creep in? Greed. Oh, I love this. I want this to stay. You know. Or, oh no, I lost it. Or, you know something or. Who destroyed my concentration? You know, or, or some irritation will come, or or just we'll get our usual mind. You know, that is slightly worried about different things or busy. Or, um, um, and uh, so Sayadaw Pandita would have um, the us, like the all the retreatants, have us repeat momentary. He really wanted us to get that it was momentary. That it was for for a little time, you know, and so, you know, momentary, momentary. Okay, but he would have to do it. Uh, I remember a few times I was like, oh yeah, good teaching device, you know. We were really like good school children. We're like learning the lesson, you know, and like it, so it imprints, you know, like. Uh, so that's the second kind. The third kind of protection is in Pali it's called Panya or wisdom and wisdom is this discernment 
this 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 discernment around what kusala akusala if that reminds you of something how can i be in relationship with this how am i how am i in relationship with this and is there another way sometimes not sometimes yeah and so that uh, understanding really uh, what uh, what are the possibilities here and developing them to change the so that capacity to recognize Maybe if you want to read uh, about this, uh, I think maybe um, Bhikkhu Bodhi's um, um, Noble Eightfold Path, which is, a, I think, even a free book online, is a really, is a really great book. I love this uh, book. It, it unpacks all of this. Uh, and um, there's even a time a number of years ago where I decided I would uh, learn it by heart. Oh, I'm going to learn this book by heart. You know, because I kept coloring it and coloring it. I was like, I think I can actually l- learn it. You know? And uh, the determination uh, <laughs> crumbled. <laughs> Something else came to mind. Uh, so this third level of protection is not momentary, it says. You know, that we can actually uproot, and I remember Sayada Upandita having us repeat, uproot, uproot. <laughs> you know, uproot the, the delusion, the ignorance, or uproot the tendencies of mind, or the conditioning, that they can, they can actually be re- uprooted. Why use another word? <laughs> and uh, that's also this other kind of wisdom that I talked about, um, you know, using somehow, you know, Ruth King's uh, version of it took much uh, space here uh, uh, in a beautiful way, you know, the not personal, not permanent, uh, not perfect. It's tricky because it could make light of it, you know, like, hey, you know, like, I could imagine seeing this on Facebook, you know, and forgetting about it the next moment. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a thorough investigation of reality to discover that, you know, things are absolutely ephemeral. And uh, in that made unreliable, unstable. And in that not being able to, imperfect, not being able to satisfy us uh, completely or and in that, not, therefore, not being, n- not possible to own, because changing, conditional, passing through. And so this is a, a, the greatest level of protection, the deepest level of protection, is to go clarify the nature of reality, so much so that greed cannot arise. It cannot arise because there's a deep, deep no- n- knowing that this will not be able to be stabilized, this that I'm greedy about, that I want, will either escape me or might. And just the might lose it is enough to make me stressed. You know, not sure I'm going to get it, will be hard to get. When I get it, don't know that I'm going to be able to keep it. If I keep it, could lose it. 
not of that uh, much value, really, in a way. You know? And so to understand this deeply, greed doesn't arise anymore. To understand deeply that things are conditional, the need to control doesn't arise. There's a kind of a trust, an understanding of nature. If conditions are right, it's going to happen. If conditions aren't right, it's not going to happen. When conditions change, it's going to crumble. Imagine we would understand this deeply. The peace, the uprooting of greed, hatred, ignorance. So this is the third um, level of protection. And here, this week, we've been developing the three kind of simultaneously. At the same time, we were playing at these three levels. So being silent was really helpful in terms of making mistake with speech. (laughs) First level of protection. (laughs) But also this intention, you know, to develop the heart, you know, and then this concentration, you know, this uh, collecting the mind, collecting the mind, so that the mind doesn't just disperse in all habitual, obsessive, compulsive uh, directions, you know, of uh, afflict- in afflictive ways. You know, it's not easy all this, but we were doing this, and we were really looking at wisdom, panya, uh, considering things, uh, trying to consider things in a different light, we could, I could say maybe, from a different perspective. Oh yeah, I could as habitually see things through the lens of mine, not mine, I like, I don't like, I prefer, I want, you know, these habitual glasses. I could, and I'm going to put these glasses down and put them back on right away. <laughs> put them down again and put the Dharma glasses on, the Dharma lens, and try to see things not so much for you know, uh, for what I prefer or not prefer, but does it arise and pass or not? Does it have the nature to arise and pass? This impression, thought, idea, emotion, sensation, uh, role, view of myself, of other, others. Is it fluctuating? Is it stable or changing, liable to conditions? So I hope these uh, these talks have been helpful. If they haven't, it's not that important in a way, because the practice was where we spend a lot of time, you know, experiencing for ourselves. You know. um, but certainly it was the hope, you know, that it could either be, uh, uh, the speech could be inspiring or, you know, help kind of uh, have a map, an understanding of what's at play, you know, what's the, what's the journey, or what's, what, what are we doing here, why are we doing this? What's the uh, kind of 
impact, if I can use it in a positive way. Maybe I talk about this in terms of different levels of protection, but maybe I could another time try to talk about this in uh, different ways to open the heart. I wonder if it would work, you know, to talk about the same things in this way, you know. Uh, how to use speech to create, uh, you know, connection and care and to make, uh, you know... Uh, to to stop erasure, to stop uh, oppression. How, how? Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. Like how? How? You know? Yeah, the positive side of the precepts. You know. So there's something we refrain from doing, but there's something that we're invited to do. You know? um, and in terms of concentration, maybe we're keeping away some of the hindrances. But what's the actual experience? I, I remember at some point understanding, like, the kind of insight was, um, ah, there's another way to live. There's another way to live than to live with a busy mind that has all kinds of opinions and fears and st- always strategizing to get something or planning something. Like, there's another way to live. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. The regular mind or mind, you know, there's another way to live. That's how it was coming to me. It's incredible. I remember when I was a kid, I would read these uh, magazines like... uh, it was called, uh, the title was Inexplique, like things about spontaneous combustion and, uh, you know, aliens. And, you know, and as a, you know, as a young person, I was like, uh, wow, wow, this and this and this. And, you know, in these kinds of things, sometimes they would say, like, we're using only 10% of our brain, you know. And I was very curious about this uh, idea that we were using only 10% of our brain. And through this practice, sometimes that's the sense I get. It's like, oh, I'm visiting the other part, <laughs> you know, instead of just the worried part that tells the story of Pascal and plans for Pascal, and, or Pascal and the gang, you know, wherever that is, at, you know. And, you know, like, this, this is 10%. That's where I spend a lot of time, you know. And the, this, this practice helped me visit other areas of the mind, so to speak. And so the beauty of the collected mind. And then, you know, the wisdom is uh, it's, it's the, the sure heart's release. That's how it's uh, spoken about sometimes. So it's really about, a, to me, I, I understand it as to be about a vibrant heart. Equanimity being, being near all things. That's intimacy, that's... Uh, it's, to me, it's vibrant L- love, in unconditional love, or unstoppable friendliness, as Anushka calls it, or uh, benevolence, uh, joy, compassion. So this is what we're working on here. 
having access to, to these. It's not small things, you know, in expi- for an, as an experience for a human being, but also as something to share and a way to contribute. Let's take a moment to let the words uh, dissolve here. May we all be able and find the ways to uh, continue developing these three levels of protection when we go back home. May we reflect on these and search for opportunities for non-harming collect the mind and to gain wisdom to understand better the nature of things and may this be for our benefit and for the benefit of all beings those of the past those of the present those of the future the weak the strong omitting none. served in uh, maybe seven, eight minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.